Hi, everybody. This is Jim Cornette, pro wrestling legend, and you're listening to the Book in the Territory Unprofessional Wrestling Podcast. This is the artist formerly known as Daryl Van Horn, James Mitchell, the Sinister Minister, and I'm here to let you know I would rather slam my cock in a car door than to miss the dulcet tones of Hard Body Harper, my illegitimate son on Booking the Territory podcast. Who <laughs> messy this is professional wrestler Jimmy Vine, the Boogie Wicker Man. Tell my people, my brothers and sisters, don't you dare, don't you dare miss Booking the Territory. Oh, yeah. This is a one man gang. You're listening to Booking the Territory Pro Wrestling Podcast. <laughs> Welcome back, everyone, to this week's episode of Booking the Territory, the unprofessional wrestling podcast, where today we're covering WCW Saturday Night on TBS from April the 13th of 1991. I am sitting here with a very miserable doc and not hard body hopper who had to take care of some wildcat business tonight. There's this thing with the NWA happening soon down on the bayou, and I don't know. Um, Yeah, so he could not make it, unfortunately, and... There was not going to be another day in time when it would have happened. But like I said, I'm sitting here with my longest running co-host. It's me and him who started this thing. And here we are all these years later. Doc, I hope you're not about to do the Burger King thing or the Von Erich thing because I know you're miserable. You're just lucky that I couldn't find a Burger King the last couple of days. I'm not lucky. I'm glad you couldn't find one. No. You were unhinged on Sunday night by the time the people hear this. Maybe you'll have another loss, but you were completely unhinged on text message. And I just had to mute my notifications because I just just didn't want to hear the gunshot go off when you decided to finally end it. No, all I told you was. The truth. No, 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 no. 16 and 0, 17 and 0, Super Bowl. Suck it, brother. Suck no, it up, Buttercup. No, no, no. Suck See, it up, Buttercup. No, that's not that's not accurate. The patrons know better. This isn't going to just the patrons, Bubba. And I guess I'll have to break kayfabe and tell everybody I didn't pick. Oh. I, I didn't pick the Cowboys to win their division. Here we go. Hedging his and bets. And I said on the patron special that I wasn't convinced they were going to make the playoffs before all of this. But here's the thing. You go out on week one against a good team. I can see it if you don't win. But to put two poots out there like they did, <laughs> that was embarrassing. And, you know, I, I, tell us right so, now, keep going. I want to, I want to, I want you to get it all out. Cause you've been so texting people, me. There's and, so many people to blame. Um, but the, but the real blame at the heart of it all goes to the Jones family. They're just not good people. 
They're certainly not good football people. They don't. They have that that rich, powerful thing where they can't look in the mirror and say, "Oh, maybe it's my fault." Just once, or maybe I should do something different. So they keep making the same mistakes over and over. We're the mo- we've been valued as the most valuable franchise in the sports world, and we're under the cap this year. Bruh. You're key, you you have the most you have the highest valuation of any franchise in sports, and you're keeping fucking powder dry, you cheap pricks. And so here's the thing, y'all out there like nah, nah, blah blah blah. Look, who the fuck am I supposed to root for? I'm from here. I hate the owners. I should be a sympathetic figure because I'm held <laughs> hostage by some rich, rich out of state motherfuckers that ain't done nothing in a quarter of a century. I root for my hometown team. I don't go, oh, I want a Mahomes jersey because he's awesome now. Or I need a, 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 a Hebert jersey. No, I, I root for the hometown team. There's something admirable in that, you cocksucker. <laughs> I'm not. Hey, don't get mad at me because Jerry Jones has ran your franchise into the ground while at the same time making billions upon billions. That's a you problem. Well, I don't, this ain't got nothing to do with me. Yeah, but you always got those. First of all, you're always working a rib of like, it's not that bad. Man, fuck you. It is that bad. Oh, no, 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 no. Let me tell you something. There has been years in the past where I was actually right. I remember that year when y'all were like six and six. I was like, dude, they're not as bad as they look because they were. Were they as bad as they looked the other night? And they that year. That year, I told you that you were, you need to be drug tested. You don't know what the hell you you're do. talking about. And they end up going to the playoffs that year. And to Dak's credit and the Cowboys' credit, they beat Mr. Let's Be Great in the playoffs. They beat Seattle. Now they lost the next week because they're the Dallas Cowboys. And, you know, they can't help themselves. But they did win that game. Okay. And so did, They were under it? 500 that year at one point. I was like, dude. And it was midway through the year. I'm like, bruh. They're not as bad as they look, but at the same time, you probably it's not like you're gonna win a Super Bowl. You like you're crazy, you're crazy. They're not going to the playoffs. And they went to the playoffs. Now, okay, this so year, they, y'all got yeah. problems. Y'all right. got problems. Okay, so for those of you who are in other countries still behind, no spoiler alerts, our quarterback, Dak Prescott, who, hey, look, he's not a top five quarterback, but he's in the top half of the league. And now that's our guy. We we committed the money. There it is. But he broke his hand and had to have surgery. So he's out for anywhere. If you believe the liar in, tra- in charge and chief a month to two months. Our backup is not an NFL quarterback. He's just not. I mean, that's just the truth. He is not an NFL quarterback. So it's going to be real rough. For a long time. All I'm saying is the same. And here's the other when thing. Went 5-0 with Bridgewater when he had to before, come in. Before he left the game, we were still pitiful. Two poots. It, he broke his hand like late in the game. It ain't like we were, oh, well, that, that killed our chances. He was partly there when we killed our chances, which was basically after the first drive. So we got this offensive coordinator that's the that's the walking talking epitome of white privilege over on the sidelines 
Looks like he's 13 years old. He has all offseason to come up with a drive that gets us a field goal, and then he's done for the night. Don't even get me started on him. They, they, that dude is like the golden boy who's never done nothing. Right. That's that's what white privilege is, dude. Now, so if you're, if you're out there going, fuck you, dog. There's no such thing. I worked for my pickup truck. <laughs> Look up Kellen Moore's resume and tell me white privilege doesn't exist. <laughs> but, 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 dude, I'm not. <laughs> Bro, I don't know how that dude. Why is he the golden boy? Why? Like, I heard Why? people. Now, now they're not saying it Boogie. now, but like in previous years, they were like, oh, Kellen Moore, he's the next, he's the next great thing. I'm like, what has he done? Let me tell you why. It's because Jerry was a wildcatter in the oil industry. And you just put a whole bunch of shit out there. And if one of them hits, you're a genius. So he just puts these tags on motherfuckers. And if it hits, he's a genius. And because he's a salesman and a, and a wildcatter, if it doesn't, you just move on to the next one. But the problem is, is that, you know, you look back, you wake up one morning and it's been 25 years of bullshit. So here's the thing. I'm not going to stop rooting for my team. I can't. I'm not going to stop watching the games. I can't. But what I have decided to do, along with a very good friend of mine, uh, is we have decided no more, don't buy us any more swag, no more money, (laughs) no more merch, no more shirts, no more hats, no more anything else like the koozies or anything. No more money goes to that bullshit. Because they won't spend it on talent on the field. He's boycotting merch. I love it. Bruh, I can't wait. For it's going to get Payton. real ugly in that stadium. I can't wait for Sean Payton to come to Dallas and get driven up a wall by Jerry inside of a year and a half and Jerry to send a good two first-rounders to the Saints and Lord knows what else to get Payton's services. And Sean Payton, who's an alpha male, the first time Jerry Jones decides to give a freaking injury update to the media before Payton can even take the podium, Payton is going to cut a vicious promo on his own owner because he gives zero. And you know I'm not lying. And that is a toxic brew Okay, so here's to the thing I used to think, and now I'm completely wrong. I used to think, well... When Jerry dies, then it'll be everything. Now, his kid, look, I told you earlier, the doofus son takes over. Spawn. <laughs> the special fruit that fell from the special tree, if you know what I mean. Oh, God. This is glorious. Bruh, bruh, let me tell you something. Let me tell, I have no, been a fan of a miserable, story. I have been a fan of a miserable franchise. For many years until things turned around a decade and a half ago. It's y'all us. are hopeless. No, y'all are worse than the worst Saints fans I've known. Y'all, y- y- bruh, this is unhealthy for you. You're, you and lots of Cowboy fans I know, I'm joking. But man, some of y'all are on that Von Eric thing, Burger King ledge right now. And I'm like, it's you know, a you know why? Team, you bro. know why? Because I love football, and I've been sitting here countdown days, like, holy shit, we only got like two and a half more weeks. 
It's only a week. Holy shit, last Thursday night, it's finally here. And I watched that game. And I'm excited about all this stuff. And you know what else? Unlike y'all in the 80s who had never been good, I remember what it was like to be somebody. And I'm talking about before that ignorant motherfucker bought the team. So you see, built a. Let me tell you something. He built a generic ass stadium that looks like a big mall. He he faced it the wrong way. We have an indoor stadium where the sun is an issue. I'm not having a stroke. That's a real thing. We put in a huge TV at the top that punters hit for fun during the game. <laughs> Ah, yeah, you know Philip Allen is out there having a blast listening to you right now. It ain't like the Eagles are going to do anything. Y'all scrape by the Lions, so maybe stick your dick back in your pants because that was nothing special. Yeah, he would just say, yeah, but they at least they won. That's true. Half Pint needs to shut up, too. Oh, let's talk about the little fella. Suicide watch after the way they blew that game. Oh, Von Eric thing and Burger King thing for the half pint. And I realize, I realize, because there's only 17 of these gimmicks that we overreact to each and every one of them, no every matter what. We get too high and too low because, man, I'm sitting there by Sunday night thinking every other team in the division won. So, but I'm telling you, I'm not overreacting. This team wins between six and seven games this year. Oh, I don't know if they get to that. Right. So don't I, trade. And I'm any, using don't optimistic. Make any, don't send any picks away for a coach because, you know. Here's See, the other thing. Here's the other thing. Our third round pick, inactive. Last year's third round pick, inactive. It's just they don't know what they're doing. And they fail up. They're more. The Jones family is more white privilege. They fail at what they do and make more money. They're terrible at the job and make more money. That's some white people shit. Bro, Jerry Jones was on Sports Center before McCarthy could even get to the podium saying Dak was going to be out four to six weeks. It was a significant injury. If when I tell you Sean Payton is going to like put Jerry Jones in a figure four if he does that, if he ends up as the coach of the Cowboys, he will he might be on the local news for attempted murder if Jerry Jones does that to him, if he becomes a coach. I but I've had enough fun at this point talking about that. I just want my first-round picks when you get my former coach. Um, who will coach again? He said that yesterday. I so saw a clip if on For him. all of you out there who are like, man, that sucks for, for Doc, man. I kind of feel sorry for him. I appreciate that. For all of you who think this is fucking hilarious, I hope each and every one of your quarterbacks dies in their sleep tonight. Wow, that's not classy, Doc. Come on. Um, by the I'm way, Doc, you, um, if I if if I if I pass a Burger King, you know, all the options are on the table. I'm not feeling too optimistic, to be honest with you. Like we barely snuck by Atlanta, but hey, a win is a win, and you never apologize for winning. And you the, never apologize for a win in the NFL. Um, crab legs had like two yards passing through three quarters and then went for two sixty in the fourth. So go figure. Um, it is what it is, but I'm not optimistic. I'm optimistic about my Winnipeg blue bombers. Cause they're 12 and one on their March to three straight. Uh, they are rolling, um, as rolling can be, man. They are, they are steam rolling up. Uh, 
you know, we'll see. They've had some luck in the playoffs last couple of years. Maybe this this is the year that somebody finally stops them in the playoffs. But anyway, uh, Doc, let's keep going. Um, enough of the Cowboy talk. We, you, you know, we'll make sure you don't do the Burger King thing and the and the Von Eric thing. I'll, I'll keep you safe there. A uh, big shout out to disrespectfully classy Marky Blassie, Mike Childress, Joe Ice, good old Justin for their generous support on Patreon each and every month, the largest patron contributors for this show. And then um, two new patrons, Rob M. and Damian T. Thanks for becoming BTT patrons. Enjoy all that extra content that is available at tinyurl.com slash Patreon BTT. Hey, man, we got tons of we, we dropped some CM Punk stuff early last week for the patrons that only went out to the patrons. It's the intro from last week's show, but that was out there early for patrons about a week early. Uh, you can, can get I, that. Can I say something about that? Please do so. So now the words are leaking out and, you know, since everything's a work, you got to be real careful about what you believe, you know, but the, the, the talk is out there that the Bucks and Omega have sent feelers over to WWE. I don't believe that. Who reported that? I saw that. I don't believe it. I think the, I, I don't think know that's who just... reported it. I saw it, but here's the thing. Tony better get his locker room in order. And I would say that if any of that is true, the days of all friends wrestling is over. And I would say it was never really the way it was portrayed anyway. No, they don't need to be. Actually, I think that would help them a tremendous amount. Get right. those whiny little punks out of there. All all of them. Get the Omega, the Bucks. I think Adam Page can be can be rehab, you know, if you get him around the right people. I don't hate him like 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 some people do. But Omega them. and the Bucks. Get that. I, and the reason I say that, I remember seeing the Hangman Page and ROH, and I really thought he was good there. The other three, get them out of there. Send them to WWE. You'll, you'll see me pull for Triple H for the first time and straighten those three jabronis up. I mean, that's just kind of how I feel at this point. I don't believe the report, though. I think that's just, you know, I think people are just reporting all kind of nonsense at this point. But I will say this. I really believe Tony Khan has got a problem on his hands. Mm -hmm. You and I predicted, you and I predicted, maybe by the time this comes out, it's already happened. You and I predicted that CM Punk would eventually be gone. Uh, the Bucks and Omega but, will hold on, hold on. be I there still. This. I heard he's like supposedly the cover boy for the video game. That don't mean nothing when it comes to standards and practices and corporate decisions. This ain't a corporation. It's close enough. Yeah. They're on a major television like network. Like, I mean, yeah, they're not like a publicly traded company or anything, but they are a face on a major, uh, you know, cable network. So I hear you, but, you know. But you ain't I, listening. I get it. I mean, it's this complicated, man. It's you, you, you're right. But at the same time, there's, bro, I, I, I really firmly believe. And who knows? Maybe it's already come out by now, by the time this hits, because it'll drop in a week. Punk's out. I believe the Bucks stay suspended, come back eventually. But I do not. The only I, I, I give them like a 5% chance that that's true, that they sent out feelers to WWE because they are friends with AJ. And I could see maybe a back channel conversation happening that way. But I just can't see them in that WWE environment. I just can't. Like where they I, have to do what the fuck they're told. And it's not going to it wouldn't be as bad as what Vince as it is now, but I there's just a, don't There's 
there's parameters. There's par- It's a publicly traded company still. There are more parameters. And, and, and I get that Triple H wants to, you know, common sense, do some things Vince wouldn't do. But where did Triple H learn how this is all supposed to work? Come on. Exactly. And, and, and you know, here's here's the the other last thing about that. The like Chris Jericho, as much as he gets on our nerves sometimes, and we've gone back and forth with him actually. We hated him, we loved him, we hated him, we loved him. Remember when he first came back to WWE years and years ago, we first started this show, we were like, oh my god, we hate him. And then he would do things where we were like, oh, this dude's cutting promos and it's hilarious. And then he kind of gets on your nerves. He like made a statement saying, you know, hey guys, you know, y'all got to get this thing under control because, you know, you don't realize what you got here and you got to realize like he and that's somebody saying it from somebody who's been to the other place, who's been on the other lawn. He knows the grass. You know what he's also saying is it's also a message to Tony because the problem is, is that you got some everybody's acting out. And when other people see other people acting up, then they think they can act up too. So how however, however they handle this is going to have future repercussions on the locker room, regardless of what they decide. That's a good point. That is a good point. So he, he could be, he's preaching to the boys as well as he's preaching to Tony. I, I believe that, but we will see. But again, hey, and if you're listening to this early, because hopefully I'll have time to get it up on Patreon early, this part of it, at least the intro, tinyurl.com slash BTT, where you get early access, you get video versions, you get the world-class shows with Lance and I, you get the ECW shows with the Boston Bad Boys, Mike Pru and JV, you get the NWA Power shows with the little fella Half Pint who's on Von Eric Watch right now with his Titans not doing so well, um, him and Sparks, tinyurl.com slash BTT. Also, don't forget some of the bigger things you get. The pay-per-views and Clash of the Champions that Doc and I always do whenever we come to them. Uh, we've got more coming up. So there you go. TinyURL.com slash BTT. I'm actually loving wanting to see how all this AEW stuff plays out. I mean, it's a shame. You said it, Doc. If if he would just, if they could just agree to just get along to make some money, boy, they got some money to be made in the ring right now with this, but they're not going to happen. That's not going to happen because of the egos involved. And nope. I'll leave it at that. But again, so I got a, I got a couple more questions for you, little buddy. Oh, Jesus, please. Well, one of them, I don't even know what this means or if it was even supposed to be on air, but you told me to ask you about Southern's band in 1994. <laughs> Let me pull up the text. Um, from my buddy, because I needed him to tell the story over again. So one of my good friends who I've been knowing for a long time, he played in Southern's band in the in the early to mid 90s. He went to Southern and I don't remember the exact. Dude, I thought you meant JT Southern, the wrestler. No, he but you're going to like this story. You mean the HBCU? Yes, the HBCU. Okay. University. I'm glad we got that cleared up. I was about to be really confused. He played in Southern Southern's band. And the reason this was a topical discussion is LSU played Southern uh, last weekend, weekend before last, if you're listening to this um, at Tiger Stadium. So my buddy played for Southern. And back in the early 90s, 
Southern always seem to have one white dude in their band. Now, yeah. as Doc said, it's nothing a like a token cracker. Historical black <laughs> university. <laughs> so that's why they call them HBCUs. And so How can they I, have a black college? If we had a white college, everybody would be angry. Okay. So anyway, my buddy and I, we didn't know each other in the early 90s, but mid-90s after he was out of Southern is when we met because we, we had worked together. And so I was asking him, I was like, man, I said, when y'all when y'all played in 94, because they played, they played against my college in 94. They, they used to play annually, actually, against each other back then. I said, man, y'all had this white dude. And I said, I actually used to, I saw it actually, too, at another time. I was like, y'all had a white dude in the band. And, and at halftime, you know, the dude, the white dude would step out and he's, he just started shucking and jiving at the 50-yard line. And, and people, bro, the crowd went nuts because, you know, he's the only white dude in the band. And the dude is just just having a blast, just dancing down. And, you know, all the brothers and sisters are having fun. And, you know, it's, it's just a great time. So I said, um, and I asked my buddy, I said, T, this is his nickname. I said, T, correct me if I'm wrong. I said, remember years ago, there was a white dude you played with in the Southern University band. I said, I think you told me his nickname was Ku Klux. Or do I remember or do I remember that wrong? Ku Klux being like Ku Klux Klan. He said, that's correct. He I talked to him yesterday. I said, "Okay, I got to tell this story on the podcast. He then texted me back and says his real name. I'm not going to get a guy's real name out right now because he didn't tell me I could. He said the section leader used to yell out, oh, Ku Klux. And he and old Ku Klux would run over there and say, Howdy, boys. Ku Klux at your service. What the hell? <laughs> Let me remind you, this is the only white dude at the time in the Southern University marching band. <laughs> so anyway, that was the story I wanted to tell you. And I, I didn't try to Google it or YouTube it, but I guarantee you, you could YouTube. I bet you, you could see this dude. Doing his thing on a fifty-yard line. I don't line. really want to search Ku Klux if we're no, 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 no. Just search like Southern University white dude dancing in the band or something like that. I bet you it's. I bet you it's on YouTube. I just thought I don't that even was, get. I don't even get the second K out and somebody's knocking on my door. Right. The dude's nickname. <laughs> they, they. He was the only white dude in the band. <laughs> they called him Ku Klux. That's, I don't like that. Bro, that's crazy. All right. So my other question for you is, I heard that you were out and about last uh, Friday night back out at the football field spreading your COVID. Um, how'd that go down for you? Friday night lights, bro. You know, the one thing about, like, high school football is it's not like going to college or pro. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's probably – couple thousand people usually at the games depending on who oh you're yeah against. yeah big schools around here yeah absolutely but but you, you you park relatively close like i mean we you know we get there early because of my kid you know uh just to make sure we get a decent seat and um 
that's my girl out there dance but it's not a it's not oh, a far walk says. it's not a, it's not a far walk at all it's like but it was it was cool i ain't gonna lie man i was tired i'm st- man i am still dealing with fatigue like just just like i get i'm sleepy during the day and man i am not a daytime sleeper you know like hopper's a, a day drinker i'm not a daytime sleeper so COVID is still grabbed a hold on you right i mean I, I, like i said just fatigue okay but i mean everything else i mean my my you know i'm i'm i ain't had fever and you know a week now so i'm good so y'all y'all kept it going last week what are you talking about the team bro i'm never this team is like the dallas cowboys they can't Uh-oh. get out their own way they lost by three three and five oh and three mm. combined combined 11 points in those three losses mm. they ain't crazy man i saw, i looked at my wife i, I was fired like, the I was coach like, <laughs> ain't his fault Oh, well, where does the buck stop? With the dance team? Uh, yeah, sounds good. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you're back out and at it, though. You're out spreading these germs, even though you're not yeah. well. What are you talking about? You just said it's still kicking your ass. Well, no, I mean, it says once you once you don't have, like, fever and cough or whatever, and you're good. I quarantine the necessary amount of time. What are you talking about? Nobody's spreading nothing. But you know what's crazy? I have talked to like, I know four different people right now who avoided it for two plus years, not including you. I know four different people right now who avoided it for two plus years and finally got it somewhere between July, end of July and now. Yeah. Fuck it. All right, what else we got, Doc, before we get into some Saturday night? Well, you're not going to believe this. This is unbelievable news, but the gimmick ate the first page of my notes again. Hold on. I just started the video version for people yeah. who, are, who only listen to, only will only see the video version. I want you to repeat what you said as we are just getting into the April 13, 1991 edition of WCW Saturday Night. The gimmick ate the first page of my notes again, but I have figured out what's going on. The gimmick being... My note taker. That your wife gave you, the electronic one, that LaFonda gave I you. just assume that everybody's listening, listen, listens regularly, so sure. I'm just, it's not that. It's just that I'm like completely, it, it just amazes me when I think about it. Just amazing. When I think about your note taker and all the problems you have with it, it just amazes me. Well, I figured it out. There's, it, there's this temporary file that it loads it into to try to put it on the cloud but apparently it eats the first page so if i create another file on the right of that and bypass the the one that it tries to load to the cloud it appears to keep everything intact jesus christ all right yeah all right okay well on that note we'll finally get started then and we'll talk some saturday night on tbs so um this week's show as well as the next week was taped april 1st 1991 at center stage during the intro we see a replay of luger and koloff going at it and koloff hitting luger with the u.s belt we then go to paulie missy and jim ross who are opening the show as they have uh, been doing recently 
And JR mentions Pillman versus Flair later in the episode. And Paulie and Missy then get their stuff in and they bicker a little and then we finally go to the ring. Uh, Doc, do you have any thoughts on the opening here? Missy looking, uh, Missy looking good, huh? As always, she's got a little preppy look to her there. Ring a ding ding as Hopper. Ring would. a ding ding. Yeah, as Hopper would say. Mm. Uh huh. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Mm. If he had the part time superstar. Right, he's living on the edge of a lightning bolt, baby. <laughs> lately all right let's go to the ring the steiners versus don allen and lou fabiano we get a picture and picture from the steiners the steiners uh, they currently hold all the belts the iwgp tag titles the world tag titles the u.s titles although the u.s belts are up for grabs since they can't hold them all as we found out last week uh doc what do you have from this one and i realize you did say your notes were were eaten yeah gone um, in the cloud. In the cloud, right. These two on the right, the, the enhancement talent, look like some 1993 ECW fellas. Ah, especially Lou Fabiano. Yeah. So the way this thing ends up ending Hey, oh, is... whoa, whoa, whoa. You did notice who's reffing this thing, didn't you? Yeah, Bill Alfonso. Yeah. Fonzie. Uh, right. The Steiners... Yeah. God, he was irritating. Remember that time he hit that gusher when he wrestled a... God damn, Beulah fucking damn near killed him. Dude, he was so bloody. And you know that blood wasn't clean, just red blood. It was tainted. (laughs) Tainted. All right, man. So the Steiners, they're going to hit a Steiner line to Fabiano. Um, Actually, there's a Steiner line on the outside from, from Rick Steiner to Fabiano, I should say. Uh, the finish is we're going to get a belly-to-belly by Scott Steiner and then a tilt-to-whirl by Steiner, followed by a Frankensteiner. That was very nice. I was trying to let the, the video get to it. Look really good. No surprise here. The Steiners are going to win as they should, and uh, I guess that's that. Did you have any other closing thoughts here as we watch uh, Scott hit the twil- tilt-to-whirl here? <laughs> that dude was flopping like it hurt. <laughs> Just a little bit. Watch this Frankensteiner. If my notes are correct, he hits this some pretty damn good. Let's see. He shoots him off the the ropes. The guy takes it. Oh, yeah. He flipped. He ripped him there. Rip it. Good looking shit. And uh, that was that. Um, So then we go to commercial and then we come back. I'm trying to get to it. Oh, shit. Why did this thing... Fast forward too much. All right. Oh, guess we're almost done. No. We got the one-man gang who acts like the maniac one-man gang versus Rick Hard Rock. Ron Simmons cuts a promo on Butch Reed uh, because there's a lumberjack match coming up at the Omni tomorrow night, which would have been uh, April the 14th, against uh, Butch. And that's that. Uh, Butch is on his way out at this point. And that's that. Um, Doc, any thoughts on gang versus... Ah, if I remember man. correctly... Simmons is like, JYD's got his back. He's bringing the snacks. Yeah, so much. Yeah. That's what he said. Well, he said they got each other's backs. Oh. Yeah. Better watch out. JYD might take a bite out of your back. <sighs> Tell me about it. All right, so we got the gang. Gang is going to uh, hit the 747 for the win. Doc, any thoughts on um, this here? Not much to really report. 
gang. We need what you should. We need to get one man gang into a good match here. Let's heat it up. And he's not on the contract anything. He's just making these per shot appearances. Not that anybody's on a guarantee or anything at this point. Um, by the way, I was listening. I didn't listen to the episode on Sullivan that you told me to listen to, but I was listening to him talk about Super Brawl. I can't wait to talk about that with you. Because of something he says about the monkey and the bears. I think I'm going to have to clip the soundbite to play it when we cover that episode for Super Brawl. Okay. That's coming up, isn't it? Yeah, not too far away. Um, And the Oz like set that they created for it he claims they spent $120,000 on it it was the north tower <laughs> what do you think they do to monkeys in malaysia i mean what right. did they know about wrestling in the north tower they didn't know nothing i mean you know what i'm trying to say keeping it moving uh, Vader's here, and Vader is taking on Mark Kyle, who we are told is from Butte, Montana. He was from Los Angeles last week. I know. That's why I brought it up. So he went from L.A. to Butte, Montana. Man, Boogie they're nothing throwing, about, they're about Mark Kyle. Just to see where he's from. Vader's terrified those children. <laughs> Did you see that? Man, I would have been scared too, bro. Vader walks up to the barricade and shakes it, and these kids are... T- look at the kids jump back. They're like, holy shit, we're going to die. <laughs> Little snot-nosed pieces of shit. Need to keep yeah. their fucking mouth shut. Oh, come on. What? Seriously? Yeah. All right. Uh, well, this doesn't take long. Um, Vader's going to win this one pretty quickly. He he lays in to Mark Kyle. Um, at one point right here, he's going to hit him with a serious lariat look at mark kyle take that bump and then uh not too much longer after that vader hits kyle with a power slam and he's gonna win by pin uh doc i don't really have anything from this uh anything else from it do you well this would be a lot better if we could actually heat vader up but he's still i think in japan too much to really do this properly he's come in and then he leaves and he comes in lead. i mean you know it's what they did He's a star, though. I tell you that much. He's a big bastard. Boy, is he. All right. Well, we'll keep it moving. Let's see. Let me get to the next timestamp. So um, we come out of commercial, and after Vader wins his match, and we're going to go to Vader, who is being interviewed by Missy Hyatt. Um, let's, uh, let's talk. Let's see what happens here. The world, the world has felt the power of Vader. And now the WCW and the United States must feel the power of Vader. Seven world titles on three different continents. Big Van Pye Vader, the most powerful wrestler in the world today. Stan Hansen, no, you ain't ran nobody nowhere. I'm standing right here and I'm waiting for you. Come and get me, Hanson. The war has just begun. It's not over. 
Now, Hanson! Now! I'm here! I'm standing! I fear no man! And I feel no pain! We'll be back with more wrestling action, but first, let's listen to this. Uh, Doc, any thoughts on Vader right there, talking about Hanson and... I think it was in the notes from the match that I don't have anymore. I think Paulie said something like, gosh, what do you think he smells like? Yeah, it was. So I wonder if the word that had already gotten around that he had some smelly problems. Yeah, I, I think you're right. <laughs> Paulie's out there telling truth again. He, he, the problem, the dude. Cheat the right. I didn't mean to turn the volume up right there. The problem is Paulie is not a problem. We don't we didn't know it back then or we wouldn't have known it watching it. He he's just breaking kayfabe all over the TV and nobody knew. I mean the the guys knew in the back, but that's it. And it's funnier now than it would have been then. Like back then, oh, yeah. like, back then you wouldn't have thought nothing of it. You'd be like, what's he talking about? You know, Okay, but then you watch it now, and you've heard the stories about Vader's gear smelling and his gloves just stinking, and it's like, oh, that that's what they that's what was happening. But that was a good promo, man. He was he's serious, and he's got the rap, and he's ready to get in the ring with Stan Hansen and get it on, dude. It's gonna be better when it's when when, when he's when he's a mainstay. Oh, I know. Say it like that. Okay, so we keep going, and we got Bobby Eaton versus Pat Rose. Bobby quickly attacks Rose after um, after I'm going to call it the code of conduct because they, they shook they shook hands in the ring, and then um, I'll throw to you. But I, I, as I say, I'll throw to you. Do you what? When did your notes pick back up? Oh, I got a while, um, oh, but I will tell nice. you, um, I love the fact that Bobby Eaton's like I'm turning babyface and then still jumped a fool. Hey man, you gotta walk the line sometime. You gotta be edgy. I, I, I don't trust these guys. I'm gonna go ahead and jump in. Yeah, it's basically what he did. So Bobby Eaton slams Rose, and he's gonna hit the Alabama Jam off the top rope. Which, you know, for a dude who like doesn't look like a like this hardcore athlete boy, Bobby could fly when he wanted to. He's like he floats. It's like he levitates when he hits this shit. Look at it. I don't. I can't explain it. It's like he. It's like he comes down in slow motion when he hits it. I love Bobby Eaton. Mm, mm, mm. All right, Doc. Any other thoughts on the match? All right. I think I'm about to get some notes up. All right. Well, I know, you're about to, here. I know you're about to get some notes up. While we're doing that, we do need to go to Gordon Soley from the WCW Super Brawl Control Center. Let's hear what Gordon's got to say about the next pay-per-view. Hello, everyone. I'm Gordon Soley, and welcome to the Super Brawl Control Center. It's my pleasure to announce at this time that World Championship Wrestling is undertaking the biggest pay-per-view event in the history of World Championship Wrestling. It will take place on Sunday, May 19th, emanating direct from the Bayfront Center in St. Petersburg, exclusively on pay-per-view. As we announced a week ago, the U.S. Tag Team Championship is up for grabs, and two teams have been selected. 
the Young Pistols, one of the most exciting tag team combinations, Freebirds. We're going to be hearing from the Young Pistols and Big Daddy Dink. You know something, it's a big honor to be one of the top two teams for the United States Tag Team titles, but it's even a, bi a bigger achievement to be the United States Tag Team Champions. So Freebirds, Diamond Dallas, Big Daddy, we're coming after you in Super Brawl. Be there. You know the best way for us to get those world belts back? It's to go down to Super Brawl on May 19th and take those U.S. Tag Team titles. Young Pistols, get ready and bring all you got because the Freebirds are going to be the champions. What a tag team match that's going to be when you see the Freebirds and the Young Pistols collide for the U.S. Tag Team Championship. Other matches will include the World Television Championship, Arn Anderson defending his title against the challenge of beautiful Bobby Eaton. And then Ricky Morton goes one-on-one -on -one with dangerous Dan Spivey. And it will also be the scuffler from the Northwest, Big Josh, as he takes on the living legend himself, Larry Zabisco. This is just part of what's going to take place in Super Brawl 91, Sunday, May 19th exclusively on pay-per-view. And I'll be back next week with more information about more matches on Super Brawl 91. I may have asked you this before, but I'm going to ask again because I can't remember. Humperdink or Big... It's kind of stupid. Okay, so... It's the name. Hmm, okay. Got drugged out strippers and DDP face and... I'm, I'm about it, but... Yeah. Why okay. won't they let Tracy give some of the, you know, some of the lines, bro? Look at that. I don't. <laughs> okay, let me, let me, let me, yeah. let me rewind and then I'll let you address what you're saying. Look at that too. <laughs> Tracy Smothers. And I also heard Sul uh, Sullivan recently say, talking about Smothers and Armstrong. He said they didn't remember, but they dropped the ball with them. Oh, yeah. Because he's like both. He he praises Tracy Smothers, but he's just like they were over. They yeah. were so over in the young pistol. I mean, well, he says he put them together as the Southern boys. Now, I don't know if. It was him by himself or a combination, him and someone else. But, I mean, they were together before Dusty got there or came back. So, But he says he put them together. But he talks about how they were very over. And he he's literally said, I don't know what we did to kill, like how we killed them, but we did. Hey, man, you got them. You got Pillman. Come on. Oh yeah, I mean they, we talked about it last week. Like this let's get damn rats. roster let's, is let's get stacked. These rats serviced. Come on. Okay. Well, I'm not gonna say speaking of rats, but we got the Freebirds <laughs> versus Dave Johnson and Terry Bronson up next in uh DDP. Wow Diamond Dallas Look Page comes to the ring. Clip that. And he's got a new diamond doll with him, and I'm not gonna make a sexist comment like you will here. Well, she's flaunting it too, man. <laughs> she, this is her 15 minutes. This is her WrestleMania. She's got the cans out. Uh, in a minute, she's going to get in the ring. She's dancing and the music ain't, ain't started yet. Cans? What are you, 12? Fun cans. bags? 
fun. Are you? What are you six? Milk pillows. Dude, look, she's she, she, she's, she's dancing the and the music she, ain't started. She ain't got no rhythm, dude. What does she that have? No, she has what? no rhythm, dude. She is straight out of a Bullet Boys video. <laughs> All right, so the Freebirds are taking on Dave Johnson and Terry Bronson. You know, DDP introduces the Freebirds as only he can do here. He looks so ridiculous. He continues to look ridiculous. Um, okay, Doc, you say you got notes, so let's hear your notes. She's a thoroughbred. She's talk, She's getting the Friday night shift at the club. <laughs> I was off. I was here. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm. I can hear him. Mm. <laughs> you know, I said it earlier. I like this entourage. They've got the group. The problem with it is, is that it doesn't pay off well because... Getting distracted the by the by the, by the diamond doll, I, man. I, this one's got me flustered. She, let me tell you, man. I, I know y'all were oohing and eyeing over the the one from a few weeks ago that was really working the camera. But you know, this one ain't my type. But there's something about her, man. She's she's a bad bitch. She's she got it going on. Yeah. All right. Now keep going. What were you saying? You like this gimmick? Uh, you like the entourage? The free care. birds? You, you got so distracted? Yeah. Uh, it is. It is. It is good stuff with these guys. I mean, they are the whole. I mean, if they're package. the world's greatest rock band, wouldn't they have some people hanging out with them and some broads running around? Yeah, not just that too. Like Jimmy Garvin and Michael Hayes as the free birds have always been ridiculous. And I, I think adding DDP and Big Daddy Dink to the group makes them even more ridiculous. Um, ridiculous in a good way and not a bad way like what they were doing with Rocky King. Because that was absurd. This is more in line with the stupidity that they need to be. They just <laughs> were being racist with Rocky King. I mean, it was pretty pathetic how they did Rocky. But, you know, like Rocky said, I was getting paid good. So yeah, what am I going to do? Um, the Freebirds win. Garvin hits the DDT, hits Bronson with the DDT, and uh, Jr. talks a little bit about the match they'll have with the Young Pistol Pistols and who the winner may be. And then uh, Big Daddy Dink also threw a lariat on the outside to Johnson. Any other thoughts on this one, Doc? No. All right. So then we go to we come back. We go to commercial when we come back, and we got Terry Taylor versus Tim Parker. We do get a picture in picture from Alexandra York. She mentions how her foundation continues to excel and she's got her eye on Dustin and Larry Zabisco. So she's still saying she's got her eye on both of these mm -hmm. gentlemen. Um, by this point, I believe Dustin was. Is that the brown eye? He was already um, dipping his stick in the fun dip, as the oh, kids say. Really? That's I... what you're going to come up with? Somebody said something on the Facebook group that was filthy about him and her doing it. And I cannot remember the words that they used or I would repeat it here for you to tell me to grow up. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Doc, any thoughts from Terry Taylor and Tim Parker here? We'll get about five minutes. At some point in this match, JR points out that Paulie lives at home. So, JR started shooting back. He got, he got tired. You know what happened? 
he's he's getting tired and pissed off at Paulie a lot because you could hear it in his voice. And then he was probably like, oh, "Okay, you want to shoot? Let's shoot, brother." And he just shot back and and said what he said. And you know, at a point, you're like, you probably understand it if you're Jr. because you're so frustrated with the little idiot at this stage. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Oh, boy, good stuff though. Okay. Um. So, um, any other thoughts on this match though? Mm, not a lot. It was what it needed to be. Um, Taylor hit Parker with like a. Let me go back because didn't he hit him with like a tilt a whirl? I wanted to rewatch it to see if it was a similar move to like what Steiner does. Because I'm thinking to myself, wait, no, nah, okay, it was. It, that's what it was. It's like a power bomb, um, gut wrench power bomb, I guess I'll call it. And then he hits him with the five arm and then wins, and we'll keep going. Uh, the next match is going to be Larry Zabisco versus Dustin Rhodes. So these are two people that the York Foundation has an eye on, and I just want to say this is a excellent match. I continue to be – I don't know if back then I was impressed with – like rewatching Dustin at this stage is, is really fun because, you know, Dustin Rhodes, I remember back then thinking, Oh, you know, he's even, I mean, I was a teenager, but I was not a smart fan, but I was thinking, Oh, you know, it's Dusty's son. Of course, you know, we'll, everybody will love him. But like when you really, when you watch him, he's young, but he's putting in serious work and he does everything right. And, we make the joke about everything not being airtight, but with Dustin, man, everything's airtight, brother. I mean, he's not wasting moves. You know, they do the collar and elbow right there in the beginning, and it looks like a struggle, and two guys really trying to get an advantage. I don't know, man. This is He's a pro's pro, and I know it's 91, and he's been wrestling now for a few years, but I just think Dustin Rhodes in 91 is very impressive, and I, I'm not surprised. It's just I'm looking at it with a different lens than I was years ago. Well, it's also another case of having some young, good, good young talent on the roster that we can't get behind and really get some. Why can't we draw money? Yeah, because he's a like you said, he's a good young talent. So one hundred six thirty three. I thought Larry hit for him a stiff clothesline. All right. So we got a sleeper and it should be coming up on by Dustin a sleeper. You said 10633? All right, Dustin goes into the Oh, here it comes out of the corner. Yeah. Well, I tell good. you what. That's just Dustin selling it real well too. And Larry's big, but Larry's usually not that physical. But you know what it uh, is too? If you if you watch it, watch like I just want you to watch. Watch Dustin sell it when he flies cuz Larry hits him he doesn't hit him too hard. But Dustin, because he's got the long legs and the way he flips backwards, it makes it look even better. Yeah. Okay, go ahead. You were about to say? This was a good match. I mean, these two guys were smooth. It was nice. Um, you know, at some point here, Larry puts on the abdominal stretch. I was like, they should, somebody should bring that back. Man, fans today... Modern fans ain't going for it. I agree. I don't I'm not give a shit. I want to see what I want to see. Now, what you saying is you want somebody to put the bucks in an abdominal stretch and actually do it for real? Sure. Where's Ronnie Garvin when you need him? Jesus Christ! Can you imagine him in the ring with one of them dudes? 
Actually, I can. It's what Bruh, keeps me good. I what would, keeps me out of the Burger King cool walk-in right now. For a shoot, how much would you pay to watch Garvin for six or seven minutes due to one of, if not both of the bucks, what he did to that dude that time on Saturday night when he twisted him up like a pretzel and stretched him? As long as it's not in uh, – the Cowboy Stadium, and so Jerry gets a cut, probably fifty bucks. Only fifty? You wouldn't give a hundred for that? I'm kind of cheap. I'm cheap too, but man, to watch Ronnie Garvin stretch those two at the same time would be, as I like to say, tremendous. Imagine yeah. Wahoo chopping them. <laughs> Well, hey, Flair said it on his podcast. Do you think all that shit would have gone down if Harley Race was in the locker room? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> what stuff? All the AEW locker room stuff. Oh, no, no. I mean, we talked about it on the last show. Like, just. So. I like this match. I thought it was a clever finish. Yeah, I'm about to and then I liked all the stuff that happened afterwards. Yeah, so good point. Let me go to it now. So Zabisco is selling great for Dustin. As Dustin's rolling and throwing these punches. Um, Dustin uh, hits a drop kick, and he's about to go to a bulldog, or about to go for the bulldog, but Alexander York, who um, I'm sorry, Terry Taylor, who's on the outside, yanks Dustin's leg. Um, it doesn't matter, though, because Dustin still rolls up Zabisco for the win. And then Dustin is getting jumped at the end. And Morton, Ricky Morton, comes out to save Dustin. Uh, but then there's uh, more double teaming. Dustin recovers, though, and clears the ring. Mr. Hughes comes in, though. Crowd's going nuts at the end of this so with Mr. Hughes. And Mr. Hughes eventually powders out. But the finish you're talking about, which is good, even at the end with it, they're, they're on Dustin. It's kind of cool because you're like, oh, damn, you know, Terry Taylor grabbed Dustin's leg and he's he's got him pulled down. So Zabisco is going to be able to do something. But Dustin, with his leg being pulled on, reaches up with those long arms and cradles Zabisco as Zabisco is coming down to pick him up. And Dustin still gets the pin. Now, he gets the boots put to him after. But I feel I I thought it was a creative finish because you're like, oh, the baby face is about to get screwed. Oh, no, he figured it out. But then he gets the boots put to him at the end, too. I agree with you. You said you thought this was creative and you liked it. Tell me more. One twelve forty-eight. Is okay, Morton expecting a clothesline here? One twelve forty right here. Let's see. 42, 43, 44. Um, they shoot Morton off into the corner. Um I felt it looked a little awkward, but not terrible. I was just curious. Yeah, because Terry Taylor follows him into the corner and Morton stumbles out. And Morton, I think, was looking for a clothesline. But then when he realized Taylor punched him, he sold the punch. He kind of yeah, like yeah. caught in between. But he, he looked. <clears throat> I didn't notice it until you brought it up. Look at Terry Taylor when Dustin delivers that elbow. Watch how he bumps. The way he flies backwards. Watch this. Here it comes. <laughs> awesome. Let me tell you, man, this was a really good match. Fun little segment, little finish to it at the end. Mr. Hughes comes in. This is good. And Mr. Hughes does it right. Like, I'm a, he just unbuttons the jacket. Slow. 
Mm-hmm. And then the white lady says, no, not right now. And he powders out. Well, he gets out of the ring. Nice match. Nice afterbirth. Like, this is good stuff. Crowd was into it. I, look, I got I got no complaints from any of that. None whatsoever. That was really, really good. Uh, it it was excellent. It really was. So we come out of that, though, and Jim Ross throws through a clip of Luger. In, oh, we'll go to commercial and then come back. And Jim Ross throws through a clip of Luger and Nikita uh, that we reviewed over the last few weeks. So just a bunch of clips there. Uh, the last thing they air is Luger and Nikita going at it in the Meadowlands or from the Meadowlands. Nikita got DQ'd, and after the match, Luger uses Nikita's chain and attacks Nikita. And then Luger hit the ref with it and takes the U.S. belt and departs the ring. So Luger took his U.S. belt back. Um, but then they show them in the back fighting, and Nikita and Luger still going at it with all the guys back there trying to pull them apart and break it up. JR wraps up this whole segment. And says, there will be a rematch for the U.S. title in the future. So wherever it is, go see it. Um, I guess just more bad blood here. Building this thing up with these two and seeing where it goes. I kind of like that. I'm not going to say I liked all the replays. But it was cool that they showed the stuff from, I guess, the Meadowlands. With them fighting and uh, on April 4th of 91. Why are they fighting already? Well, you got to remember. So they're only showing a clip, and then this is not a televised event. It's just, you know, from East Rutherford, New Jersey. So I get it that they're fighting in a house show, but where I would tell what I would tell you is, I wouldn't take this to think, oh, you know, they're giving it away because they didn't give anything away. They just showed that they fought, and then, you know, there was some shenanigans with the chain and all that stuff, and. They still need to settle it. They still need to settle the title situation. Because that's the thing. They're fighting. I'm not looking at the results right now, but I bet you if I looked it up, they'd fought more than just here. Sure. To sell tickets. Anyway, all right, Doc. Did you have any other thoughts on how all this went down with these two? I'm still ready to see these two. Yeah, you and me both. All right, so... Let's go now after all of that and they show them fighting and JR saying, yep, we'll figure this out. and We'll have a U.S. title match in the future between these two. There's a commercial. And then we come back from the commercial to a Arn Anderson promo. Let's hear from Arn and see what he's got to say. It is my privilege to welcome into the danger zone tonight the enforcer himself, double A Arn Anderson. Now on May 19th, exclusively on pay-per-view at Super Brawl 1991, this man will defend the world television title against beautiful Bobby Eaton. But before I ask you about that, sir, let me ask you this. The American Dream Dusty Rhodes interviewed Barry Wyndham a couple weeks ago, and he couldn't get to the heart of the matter. He beat around the bush. I want to know, sir, exactly what is going on with the four horsemen. Well, Paulie, dangerously for the last six years, it's been an honor and a privilege to be a member of the Horsemen. A lot of things came my way in short fashion simply because I was one of the Horsemen. A lot of respect came to me. But if I flip the coin, a lot of things passed me by. World title shots, sometimes U.S. title shots, a lot of things passed me by. Now, I'm not making mistakes, 
And I'm not making excuses because excuses are the crutches of the untalented. I'm not untalented and I'm not an underachiever. May 19th, Bobby Eaton, you come for something that belongs to me, not the four horsemen. This belongs to me. I earned it alone. I'm going to defend it alone. Now you're all man. And on May 19th, that's what I want you to be. All the man you can be because to take this, you're going to have to take out Arn Anderson, the enforcer, not one of the horsemen. It looks to me at Super Brawl, it's Bobby Eaton that's going to enter the danger zone when he steps in the ring with the world TV champion at Super Brawl. And now we're going back to the ring. Now, this is the second time Barry cut that promo, making it sound like the <laughs> it was the end of the horseman. Now it's Arn blaming, you know, being a member of the horseman caused me to miss world title shots. He's clear as day right there when he says that. Uh, what were your thoughts on this? Excuses are the crutches of the untalented. Okay. That was a line. That is a hell of a line. Delivered perfectly by him. I just don't understand why we would hint and sniff around at breaking up the horseman without trying to get some money and mileage out of it. I uh, just goes to show you. I Look, it's not, I guess we've talked about Dusty before. He couldn't no-sell the people in the studio. Um, there's the old story where he got mad at Ricky and Robert because they outdrew him on a B-Town. Remember that old story, Ricky, Robert and Ricky Tell, Rock and Roll Express? They, there was a car they were working. They outdrew Dusty, and they were they headlined this B-Town, and that didn't bode too well for them. I think Dusty's got an ego, and I think the, all this direction is coming from him, and that's why you heard Barry say that, and that's why you heard Arn say that. Okay. You're absolutely right. It's like, why would we want to do that without drawing some money out of it? Milk this damn turn, man. Milk this thing, man. Yeah. Let's make some, let's make some money out of this if we're going to do this. Why not? Shit, while we're here. We're here at work. We might as well try to draw some money. Shit. Boy, you ain't kidding. All right. Any other thoughts on Arn there? No, he was great. So then we go to Barry Windham versus Tommy Angel. Uh, relatively quick match. Barry's going to hit a big lariat. Um, then uh, Windham sets up uh, Tommy Angel on the ropes. 131.35. I like the move. 131.35. Well, here we go. We're right to it. Outside the ring? Oh, he's yeah. agile. Yeah, he, just, he does that running, jumping lariat on the on the floor. That's a big bastard. And he yeah, run. that's what I'm saying. It's like he, he skipped around that ring like a kitty cat, and he's a big mofo. Underrated, Bob. See, that's the same move. He just did it in the ring. Oh, Barry Windham was so good. God. That's it's why just everything. Just, we're chocked full of talent right here. And the shows are good, but the company's being run by a bunch of jackasses. Fucking Jim Hurd, man. Just a bunch of shitheads. What happens when you put a pizza guy in charge of a wrestling promotion? You get slices <laughs> of pepperoni all over everything. 
All right. So after Barry wins, we go to commercial. We come back and we've got a hell of a main event on this show. I'm going to call it the main event, even though the records show there was actually another match after. But more on that later, because the end of this episode does get cut off. Brian Pillman takes on Ric Flair, the world heavyweight champion. We've seen Pillman and Flair wrestling singles before. It's been good stuff. Remember that time Flair uh, let out a wet one with his pink tights on? Come yeah, on. So we, we've seen these guys do battle before. Doc, the start of this, I mean, they gave him like 15 minutes or so. So let me go to you. There's a, a whole lot happening in this match, especially towards the finish. Uh, really good stuff, as always, because it's Pillman and Flair. I mean, what do you expect, you know? Uh, what do you have from this? Well, uh, Pillman started out hot, which you might expect, because he's got a grudge to settle, and he's mad at the horseman for the attack leading up to the war games. And the war games, they they made him be the one to quit or pass out. Dude, did you see Flair's chest start bleeding from the chops? Yeah, I got to chalk that up to, I just think Flair's chest is always raw because he's, constantly just taking the chops and just night after night it it's just so, ready to get ripped open the mortgage guy asked the champ here last week if he'd ever used the strap as a prop in the bedroom oh god i'm gonna act like i don't want to know but i want to know <laughs> he said what do you think of course i did <laughs> and then and he goes and you should see where some of my robes have been them robes them robes have cooties on them dude this the, you know what's awkward about that cause, he, so cause he, he's the guy he's talking to a guy who's married to his daughter yeah, he's married to his daughter. So, <laughs> uh, I just, it's just uh, you know, I don't know, man. <laughs> no, it's, never mind. It's just, just, just awkward. You know, you're talking to your father-in-law. Hey, you ever use a prop? So did you? I mean, it was just like, I mean, basically, why don't you just ask him? Hey, you ever use? You ever use the belt and the prop when you were, uh, you know? going at it with my, my wife's mother. I mean, like, I'm, that's just, that's where my mind goes when I think, when I hear him think, well, say those things. Did you yeah. ever use the belt as a prop when you were busting out guts that weren't my wife's mother on the road? I mean, the answer to that, of course, is yes. Yeah. Along with robes. <sighs> hey, you always said it. You, we do not want to know what the, what's going on in the 80s behind these closed doors and oh, these motels God. and hotels. I, I mean, like, you, I mean, just, okay, this is not the same thing, but just think about how the whole Grizzly Smith thing was essentially covered up or not known. Because I'm, I'm going to say I think some knew and were covering it up and then others just didn't realize it. That stuff would have gotten exposed in today's world quickly. So, and that's the bad side of it. Now, if you want to take what Rick did as the bad side too, I guess you can make an argument. It's more of a moral thing, not necessarily a bad thing, as long as he's not committing a crime. But yeah, like just think about the, 
the just ridiculousness that happened on the Tony Schiavone. When I used to listen to his show, he would talk about, yeah, man, you know, one time I, I, I knock on Flair's door in his hotel room because he had to tell him something or give him something. I don't remember what the story was. And, and there's a girl on the bed and Flair had just finished, you know, giving a mustache ride and he answers the door with nothing on with the baby arm sticking out holding an apple. And Flair's like, oh, uh, come on in, Tony. He's like, uh, no, I don't want to come in. No, 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 come on in. And it's just... Like that's just awkward. You 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 just are your your lady friend, because it ain't your wife, is laid out wide open on the bed, naked. Wide and open. Really? You answer the door. I'm just repeating with a story. I'm not co-signing. You answer the door and <laughs> you ain't got no clothes on. You can't even put on one of your robes. And then you tell Tony to come on in and get him some. Like what? <laughs> I, that's wild, bro. <sighs> I'm not trying to be outraged. I'm just saying it's wild. I'm, I'm not saying it to be outraged, everybody. Whatever. As long as you aren't committing a crime, this is business. All right. They're working a fantastic match here. What do you? What else you got from this one? We need to go back just a little bit. 141.28. And I'm going to set this up because I thought it was good psychology. Um, he had been no Pillman. Pillman had been no selling Rick's chops. So Rick chops him. And then watch what he does. He leans in and grabs him so that he can't chop him back. Oh, uh, yeah, that was good. I see what you're I like saying. Because he had yeah. been he had been returning fire on all those chops. And so that was a neat little thing that he did there. Yeah. Cause you can't, you can't fire back. I mean, the dude just grabbed you. What are you gonna do? And he chops him. And Pillman turns him around. Little things. Pillman's a star, man. He is. Look he at has, him. He has the thing that you can't teach. It's just he, he can okay. connect. So he does. He. After that sequence you're talking about, he does eventually fire back at Flair, throw some punches. And Flair does the thing where he takes a bump out the corner. We're watching it right now. Flair bumps, and look what Pillman does to fire up the crowd. Slaps his hands on the ground, fires up. The crowd's going nuts. So Flair sells it with the face bump, and Pillman reacts. It's perfect. It's like little stuff like that where you're like, this dude's a pro. Like, he's good. But there's he's, also a, there's also having it. He, dude, he no, and uh, that's what I mean. He's got it. That's it ain't the even the difference between him and Zinc. Uh, not no question at all. He's got the promo ability that Zinc doesn't have. He's got the charisma, and the thing is, they're both like good looking dudes, like you know, built well, great bodies. But Pillman has a presence that Zinc just never had right okay so let's uh, you got anything else for our work towards the finish here there's a part here coming up where flair starts slapping him in the face that's that's disrespect <laughs> um so the way the finish goes i'm gonna, I'm gonna go through it quickly so flair takes that typical slam off the top rope that you just saw pillman misses a missile drop kick here off the top rope flair moves 
great bump by Pillman. Just face first from off the top. Looks great. Uh, Flair holds up Pillman for one of those awesome vertical suplexes you used to give where he would yeah. hold the guy up forever. I mean, I'm stalling here because I want if you're watching the video version, it just looks great. Uh, I, I just remember when Flair used to do that. He'd hold guys up forever. I was like, man, that looks great. Now, he doesn't hold him up like he's – I've seen him hold Hogan up forever. I mean, it just it's just so good when, when, when you hold that vertical suplex up. Mm-hmm. Flair goes for the pin. Pillman kicks out, though. Uh, Pillman then with some chops. The crowd is really into it. They spill to the outside and then back in. The champ here, not Oren. Wait, Flair. well, who? Not Oren, Ric Flair. Oh, man, come on, bro. What the hell, bro? So the champ might be a little young to be doing that. Mike, I got a question. Every time you imitate me, you got to make it sound like, you know, I'm I'm a special person. (laughs) (laughs) My bad there. Oh, man. I, I, I like, let me tell you, I like Darren, man. He... Mm-hmm. He's he's misunderstood. Mm-hmm. He can come across as as a little, you know, weird sometime in the group. But he he's he's misunderstood. It was it was fun cutting that episode with him. I ain't bringing him back every two weeks, but I like Darren's a good dude, man. We you know, let me tell you something. He checked up on me when I had the COVID. He was texting me, bro. How you doing, man? You feel all right? He's a good dude, man. I gotta I, I gotta say. All right, so they're exchanging chops. Pillman just ain't backing down. The crowd is into it, fired up. Uh, Pillman goes for a drop kick, but Flair ducks. Pillman, unfortunately, hits the ref by accident. Um, Pillman then skins the cat and hits Flair with a flying lariat. Uh, Pillman has Flair pinned for three, but, of course, there's no ref. So then, after all that, of course, we're going to get some some shenanigans. Arn Anderson comes out, makes a save. Then Flair puts Pillman in, a fig- Pillman in figure four. The ref eventually comes to. Pillman continues to fight the figure four, even though Arn is helping Flair with the leverage. Um, unfortunately, and here's where Pillman's got Flair pinned. I mean, he's got the champ pinned here. Who? And here comes Arn. The champ. Rick Flair's the champ, I mean. Okay. Not the other guy. Okay. Yeah, I know. Um, again, Pillman's going to fight the figure four. Arn's helping with the leverage. And then, Doc, you know who comes to the ring? Big Buzzkill. This is going great, even Look with all the shenanigans. Yeah, cause you know, you know what's great about that? You see how he's ducked below the ring apron, and he's bent and leveraged. And and the ref is just checking on Pillman. Yeah. So Arn is so far ducked down. The ref has no clue that Arn is trying to help. Tremendous. But out of nowhere comes Eligante, and he puts the claw, he hits Arn, and then he puts the claw on Flair, which means Flair finally breaks the figure four. <sighs> and then I think, I don't even know if they announced it. I think we just end up with a DQ because of that. And then... That's pretty much the end of our footage with Eligante choking on, and um, that's it. I say we go off air, but we really didn't. 
there was another match, Sting versus someone named Tony Mella. And then there was a Sting promo, but I'm 100% sure that this needed to be the, the end of the show. Uh, Doc, this was excellent. I didn't like Galigante coming out, but that's, you know, you know what I'm saying? I'll give it a pass. I'm not giving it a pass, but it was really good up until that point. Yeah. I mean, Pillman and Flair were just excellent. Elegante coming out, ruining it. Eh, what you going to do? But this was good stuff. Another, and dare I say, another really, really, really good episode. What? It, what's going on, dude? I don't know. But what I do know is that I am still giving away a month free on Patreon. All you got to do is email me to bookintheterritory at gmail.com. If money's tight or you've been wondering about becoming a patron or you've been thinking about becoming a patron, you can become a patron of ours. I'll give you a month for free, but you got to email me the de- You got to email me so that I can hook you up with it. Bookingtheterritory at gmail.com is how you do so, and you can become a patron for free. Now, if you don't want to become one for free and you want to just become a patron because you love the show and you love the fact that we've, you know, done a thousand shows and all these patron shows, it's tinyurl.com slash Patreon BTT. That is tinyurl.com slash Patreon BTT. Uh, Doc, we need to rate this thing and hand out a Rolex of sorts. Uh, let's rate it first. And what are you going to give it? Well, I got to tell you, I logged on expecting there to be some counter-programming of uh, baseball. And actually, JR at one point said that the, the Hawks were playing later that night. Um, but man, this is another good show. And we're in a stretch of quality programming here. It's This is confusing to me. It's because we got talent. Sometimes you just can't. Sometimes you just can't mess it up. Right, but got you got to remember, I've never seen these shows. That's true too. I've only heard about all the problems, and so that that you know you got to be careful to to check your biases at the door because you got to let your eyes tell you what you're seeing, not what you read or somebody else tells you. It's a good way to live your life. Boy, you said a mouthful there. That 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 pertains to all facets of life right now. Sure. So I'm going to go with what I saw. And again, obviously, we always like to, um, you know, it, it's more fun to sit here and chop it up, if you will. Uh, I'm going to give this a straight up solid right down the middle of the road. A. Uh, I think it is very deserving of the A that you gave it. And I, too, am going to give it an A. Man, this I gave it an, excellent. I gave it an A last week too. You know they're they're doing some good stuff, man. Like don't get me wrong, sometimes they can't get out of their own way. Like with the Elegante. Imagine thing. this: we're giving this shit A's, and Rick's like so frustrated in the back, he's about to leave. Oh, dude, yeah. I mean, what? This is April. He's he's not far from out the door. He's like. Right on the precipice. <laughs> like this is some bullshit. I gotta go. Yeah, he's he's just f Jim Heard. Right <laughs> at this point. <laughs> well, yeah, he, he's being told in the back. I gotta lose the title in three minutes to people without any without any build up. So okay. Yeah. The shameful part is. 
they couldn't. I guess we'll talk they about They couldn't this later. monetize all this talent. No, no, no. What I was going to say is they he heard couldn't just listen to Flair enough to at least if Flair's going to leave, okay, you tell me how you want to drop it then. That's how that's how bad it was. It it was Okay, but We'll talk I mean, about you know that the, you know the story of Murdoch getting fired through here, you know, coming up when he comes back. What's that? Refresh my memory because I know he comes back. It's as, something with, um, like Slater. he comes back. He's going to be in a yeah with Slater. Yeah, they call him the, the hardliners or some shit. And heard ask him in the back why, you know, what's wrong with the business? Why are we drawing money? And Murdoch basically said it's because you don't know a damn thing, and you jackass. And walked off. Tremendous. Now you want to talk about on top up there with the how much I'd pay. How much would you pay to be a part of that? Just to be standing there in the back when Murdoch tells Heard he can't find his ass with both hands. That's the thing about that whole AEW thing right now is. We know because we were in our 20s with the Montreal Screwjob that the backstage drama has always been like top-notch stuff. It, it's, <laughs> but back then, even 91 or even the 80s, I mean, it was happening then. It just wasn't, it just didn't get legs like it would now or in the 90s. With the Montreal Screwjob. Or, I mean, now it's on steroids with social media and the melters of the world reporting on things. But, yeah, I, I to the point you made, I would love to be a fly on the wall just to hear some of the things that were said about her during this time. I mean, you could do a mashup of just sound bites of every type of idiot that the guys must have called him. Oh, yeah. And the things they said about him. Uh, I always reflect back to what Missy Hyatt said to Conrad on Twitter. When someone tweeted out the conversation that Conrad had with Heard, and I guess Missy was tagged in it of some sorts, and Conrad was like, Missy, you know, it's on ad-free shows, you know, on the Patreon, but I'll get you the file. And Missy said, no thanks, I'm not interested in his revisionist history. I was there. <laughs> There because you go. I'm not trying to look. I'm not. This is not me bad mouthing Conrad, but Conrad was like, you know, when you listen to him, it's interesting. He makes them points like this and mm-hmm. this and this. And Missy's like, and you, bro, Missy Hyatt knows wrestling. She's a she's got a brilliant mind, and it's a shame like none of these companies are taking advantage of it because when you read her tweet, this woman knows wrestling, and this. And and for her to just fire back at Conrad. And she wasn't being condescending. She was just like, no thanks. I was there. I don't need to listen to the dribble coming out of that old man's mouth. Mm-hmm. And you know what? She's right. Mm-hmm. She's right. Okay, so I gave it an A. You gave it an A. What are we doing as far as um, the Rolex? Who are you giving your Rolex to? Man, I really thought about Dustin. That was a good match. Dustin um, is high up there. Pillman and Flair both have considerations. But I'm going with Arn for the promo and the cheating. 
This is I like hard. Pe- I like people who do do heelish things and and talk trash. This is difficult because Pillman is deserving. Yeah. Arn is deserving. Mm-hmm. Dustin is very deserving. Yeah. Yeah. I'm struggling because I really don't know who to give it to of all of them. I'm just Vader's promo was good. I'm going to give it to Dustin because I thought he looked great in that match. He did airtight airtight. I mean, just airtight. Excellent stuff. All right. So you're going on. I'm going Dustin Rhodes. And we both gave it A. So, I mean, here we are at the end of another episode where it was, like, fantastic. Man. In the weekend I had, this was a high, high point. <laughs> All right. Before uh, we get out of here and shut this thing down, I do want to give a shout-out to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast with Joe Murata and Michael Quinn, the northern version of BTT. Slightly classier, definitely more professional, but still fun nonetheless. They support us. Please support them. Uh, thanks, Joe and Quinn, for all of your plugs and uh, hard work. Independent show, just like us. Also, check out the Bottom Line cast with Mike Prue and JV. They do a show on the career of Stone Cold Steve Austin, so check that out. They also handle the ECW show on our Patreon feed, so check out Mike Prue and JV with the Bottom Line cast. Uh, Doc, what else do we need to do before we get up out of here and shut this thing down, man? I miss Harper, but hopefully he'll be back next week. We hope so. We hope that they get the whole NWA resolution put together, you know, the whole (laughs) card booked and everything put together. Um, We always miss the superstar when he's not here. I don't know, man. All I know is that we played a desperate, desperate 0-1 Bengals team this weekend. I don't see things getting any better for me. Um, I don't know. I, I don't know. I guess the you know because here here's where I'm at now. I can't expect the Cowboys to help me. So now, when I really need wrestling to pick me up, I bet next week's show is the worst. Thanks to her, <laughs> it's the worst show we've ever seen in seven years of doing this. And I'm just gonna, you know, drive down to the ocean and walk in, and that's it. <laughs> what was the final score of the Cowboys uh, versus Bucks? Uh, 19 to 3. Do you remember if I told you if you scored 20 points, you'd win? Uh, do you do you know that we never got inside the Tampa Bay 31? <laughs> I'm just I'm just thinking. I was like, I remember telling you, I was like, I don't think the Bucks offense is as high powered because of the offensive line issues that I feel they have. And I was like, I was like, if you can get over 20 points, I think you might win. And they scored 19. 19 to 3. Hey, man. You know, don't Burger King thing, Von Eric thing, man. Just hang in there. Um, mm-hmm. I would say it'll get better, but I can't. Just, just hang in there. No. Thoughts and prayers, dog. Thoughts, thoughts and prayers, dog. Thoughts, thoughts and prayers. All right. Well, if that's, if that's it, if you ain't got nothing else, I don't have anything else. So hit the tagline and, as always, say, let's roll. Book it, bitch.